got an all-new Buffy. Oz found his soulmate in Willow. But when the moon is full... Oz just isn't the type to stray. I know. I've wanted you even before I ever saw you. His heart will belong to someone else. An all-new Buffy. Welcome to the Order of Aurelius, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago, and this week's episode is Season 4, Episode 6, Wild at Heart. We'll be talking about plot. We'll be talking about characters. We'll be talking about heartbreak. So, spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and possibly even other shows and movies. If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me begrudgingly part of the planetary people epidemic. Hello, everybody. Welcome. We're here to uh, talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Who is we? I am Kelly. I'm joined with my co-host, Daniel. Say hello. Hello. Stacia, say hello. Ow. There's no room for love to be here. We're mourning. Uh, we are here to talk about Wild at Heart. Season 4, Episode 6, originally aired November 11th, 1999, written by Marty Knox and Marty Knox and Fame 13 of 23 for the series. Last one was Living Conditions, up next will be Doomed. And directed by David Grossman, one of 14 for the series. Last one, also Living Conditions. Uh, next up will be Superstar. What happened in this episode? Sadness. Uh, it opens, funnily enough, we have a little chase scene with Buffy staking a vampire. There's many, many banter, but uh, quickly things go downhill because we end up at the bronze. Uh, just hanging out. Watch the band. Who's in the band? Oh, Veruca. Who's Veruca? Sexy werewolf. Oh, we saw her before. I mean, she, she has been introduced before. Oh, that's so it wasn't the first time. That's right. We have had it's been a slow, exactly one episode. Well, yeah, we met, we saw her walking by. We get a and flash then we of got her at the one. end of like Living Conditions with the Freshman. Uh, she, they actually get named in yeah. Beer Bad, which uh-huh. was one episode, one episode ago. Yeah. And uh, she causes the disillusion of one of the best relationships ever on the show. So that's And cool. is playing a residency at the Bronze, which, good for them. I know. I mentioned that same exact thing. Like, oh, they're here every Wednesday. What? Good for them. Dingoes can't get that. Dingoes can't. They're arbitrary Fridays. And yet, she can't get her amp to sound good. But the no. Dingoes can't. No. So. So Oz clearly has an infatuation with Veruca. It would come to find out that it's because she's a werewolf. But it's not only that. It's also because she, he thinks she, she's, she's hot. I mean, that's got to be right we can talk about that anyway uh willow finds oz and veruca post werewolf coitus uh in oz's cage and so she finds out that obviously oz has cheated on her and you know veruca's a werewolf but that seems secondary to willow's heart being broken uh willow gets understandably really upset and goes to do something terrible to oz and veruca have their hearts be broken but uh, Veruca comes in. Well, she, she stops at the last, stops herself from doing it. But Veruca comes in uh, to kill Willow, presumably. And instead, twist, Oz comes in to save Willow and kills Veruca. And almost would maybe kill Willow, too. But Buffy stops that from happening. And then Oz leaves town. He's consumed by by guilt for, for the cheating and just confusion of the whole wolf thing. And just like, Willow's not safe around me. And I got to go. And he leaves. He straight up leaves. And it's sad. Well, how long? I don't know. Tell me you love me. My whole life. I've never loved anything else. 
So, what? Uh, you want to hear some fun facts? Want to hear the facts that are fun? Have fun facts come back, or last time they were things? Things. Um, uh, well, as always, we can debate the funness of them. Giles's address, we do see a shot of the 14, street number. 16? It's like four, yeah, four six one six, I think. Not whatever that like five two three Oak Park or whatever mm-hmm. bullshit that fan fiction made up. So Get out of here. good to put that to bed. I know everyone was like really waiting for that information. Uh, Paige Moss, who plays Veruca, uh, her boyfriend apparently was on the set during the uh, like naked uh, woods scene with uh, Oz and Veruca. So that Seth Green said that was weird. <laughs> so that's uh, that is a, a fact. That is a thing. I guess. Paige Moss and Seth Green actually worked on Can't Hardly Wait Together as well, which is a, a, a movie that has a lot of Buffy alumni on it, um, as well as WB. Nope, she's on WB. I lied to you. There's like six different connections because Lauren Ambrose, who is the star of Six Feet Under, mm-hmm. is also in Can't Hardly Wait, and she's in a movie called Psycho Beach Party with, with Seth Green. Nicholas Brennan. Oh. Which okay. is actually a really fun movie, too. There's lots. It's lots of things. Uh, Amber Benson's in it, too. Moving on. You want to feel our connection? Uh, Shy is not a real band, just like Dingo's and My Baby is not a real band, but just like Dingo's, where there's a real counterpart for Star Mary, there's a real counterpart for Shy too. THC is the actual band, and you can see George Sarah, who's like the main guy of THC. So there's only two people. It's it's George Sarah and then uh, Sarah Folkman, who does the vocals and lyrics, but George Sarah does everything else. He's a composer and multi-musicianist. Um, they do all the music that you see Shy do. They had they were a trip hop band in the '90s from '92 to '99. They had two full length albums, Death by Design '96 and Adagio '99. Most all three I think songs that are in Buffy are on that Adagio album. Fun anecdote time. Fun anecdote time. So there's only about five thousand copies of Adagio made, and I was very very much into this band, uh, not only because they were on Buffy, but because I just happen to like trip hop. So I really needed. This CD, only 5,000 copies. How am I going to go on eBay, obviously? Now, this is back in the Wild West days of eBay because I was probably only like 14, 14 or 15. I got my bid stolen out from under me. It was up to $60 because I went to buy it on Amazon, legit. And at the time, little baby Amazon, and it was $200 because of how rare the disc was. And I was like, well, I can't fucking afford that. So I tried to get on eBay. Somebody outbid me the last second. But I contacted the seller and I was like, yo, can you illegally burn me a copy of that CD before you sell it? And I will pay you on PayPal. I'll just send you 20 bucks. And he's like, you got yourself a deal. And I was like, hmm, if I want to buy illegal copies of this CD, maybe other people do too. So I presume to make, or presume, I then made, I don't know, like 20 copies. And I put them up on eBay, like illegal copies, just one after another. Uh, and again, Wild West Days of eBay. So they totally let me do it. And then I got a cool cease and desist letter from George Sarah and or his attorney saying that if I didn't stop doing that, they were going to sue me. So that was neat. Uh, years later, I contacted George Sarah on Facebook and we had exchanged a couple messages. I basically just told him that I liked him a lot. I didn't mention that I stole his music. And so oh, on. you should. Mm-hmm. You should find that letter and bring it to him. Say, hey. Respect. I think the moral of the story is you never truly know who you're interacting with on the internet. George Sarah, beware. <laughs> no, beware. <laughs> he hears his name on this. It's like, oh, no. Not yeah. that. Not again. Not I thought again. I was rid of this person. More George Sarah stuff. So wow. in 2002. Nope, not a... Oh, uh, yeah. I then burnt his house down. No. Oh. Uh, in 2002, he made an album with Anthony Stewart Head called <laughs> Things Escalated. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I didn't know what to do after I just stole his music. I was yeah. like, well, only one choice. Uh, 
Anthony Stewart had and George Sarah put out an album in 2002 called Music for Elevators. Uh, George Sarah and Anthony Stewart had kind of wrote the music, but George Sarah did most of the heavy lifting. But it guest appearances abound by some Buffy fans. Fans? Friends. We've got Amber Benson on about three songs, I think it is. James Marsters on two songs. And Joss Whedon actually wrote one of the songs on the album. And then Allison Hannigan does like a speaking part because we know she can't sing famously. So that's fun, right? Sure. And That is fun. That's a fun fact. Yeah. And George Sarah, you can see prominently in the episode, Well, at Heart, the one that we're actually talking about, in case you forgot what kind of podcast this was, because I did it there for a second. Um, Where is he? Who is he? He's the, the guy playing the keyboard in shot. Oh, He's okay. actually in the Oh, band. yeah, yeah. And I think it might be Sarah Folkman. That's the woman like playing the bass kind of in the background. But I could not confirm, because her pictures on the internet are very sparse. And in the script, there was a stage direction for Seth Green when he's starting to wolf out that said, from Joss Whedon, uh, Act as though you're about to come on to acid. He apparently was like, it's the feeling of anxiety and then like trepidation and like wanting something to happen, but also being scared of it, which is he described as waiting to come on to acid. Does Seth know that? Is Seth a drug taker? I mean, during the commentary uh, with Joss Whedon, Marty Knoxon and Seth Green, they both all were like, ha ha ha, not that we've ever done drugs. So they were high the whole time. Yes. Uh, also, during that commentary, again, can't say that this is a fun fact. It's just something gross that made my skin crawl and is cringy in hindsight. Instead of saying the word sexy, Joss Whedon says, sessy. Mm. And uh, that makes everyone upset. Okay, so, Wild at Heart. Hey, let's talk about the show. How'd you feel about this episode, Stacia? I'm really sad. Aw. Yeah. Yeah, why? Why? This is a sad episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happened in this episode? Everything sad. <laughs> Daniel? So sad. Daniel? <laughs> How did you feel about this episode? I thought this was uh, an all right episode. I thought that the Willow and uh, and Oz scenes were the best. They were so good. They're such good actors. I just believed it completely. And uh, Willow at the very end was just de- devastating. It was just really, really sad. Yeah, apparently, I mean, unsurprisingly, this scene, especially the last one, which they actually did film last, usually, like, it's rare for um, television or movies for the scenes to be shot chronologically as you see them. But the last scene in this episode was actually the last scene. And they kind of did that on purpose because during reads, I guess, Seth and Allison were, like, every time she would start crying and, like, really go there, he would have, like, a really hard time finishing the scene because it was super emotional. Like, they were very much in the moment, which you could totally tell. And then I guess one of the... um, people on the crew after the first time they went, they shot it or uh, first take they did was like, Allison, oh my God, are you okay? She's like, it's acting. I'm an actress. <laughs> I was like, good for you. Cause that's like incredible to go from full, like breaking down oh, yeah. to like, the okay, amount, let's do it The again. amount of tears that yeah. she had. It's a wet face. It was a wet face. It was like <laughs> all the way on her chin, like coming down her chin. Mm-hmm. It was so crazy. No, they they did all the heavy lifting and it was also not a weird episode where, you have this really great emotional stuff and then it's like you have a really dumb demon that you then have to B story all a story, everything all just with our friends. The costumes looked amazing. Those two werewolves were fucking incredible and that, you know, whatever doesn't really matter. The monster was cool. They looked great. It didn't take you out of the story that they were trying to tell, which was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, In a way, like I I was thinking about it because we said we, they wanted to do it for the whole season but Seth was only there because he's got to get his Austin Powers money. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know if I'd want it the whole season. Like the slow burn probably wouldn't have hit as hard 
as this episode. If you slowed the whole thing down, maybe if you tried more focused on the, like the first six episodes, maybe, but I think, you know, within two episodes, they did a lot of heavy lifting and they did it. I mean, I was affected. I don't feel like it was like completely under the, uh, you know, pull the rug underneath my feet or anything. Yeah. I, it I seems think, crazy like that he would just like leave. It's like, be, oh, be okay. okay. But like, it also adds to the impact of him just like gone. Right. If you would have stretched it out, maybe you could see it coming a little bit more. So it wouldn't yeah. feel as like now he's gone. He did murder someone though. I mean, that must be tough. Yeah. Like, he you fucking did murder someone. somebody. Eight, you ate their neck. Big lunch. I like to eat. I hate checks who are like, does that have dressing on it? Agreed. Yeah. And killed them. That's that's crazy. And you would have killed Willow. And I guess that's kind of the, I mean, maybe we didn't know that because he was already a werewolf by that point, right? But like, just knowing that you're out there, like mm-hmm. clearly he kept saying that over and over again. I don't want to be out in the world. I'm going to hurt someone. Mm-hmm. And then to be out in the world... And then having to like fight for your girlfriend who you know you will not remember as your girlfriend would be super scary because if you do black out, you know you're going to go after them. Mm-hmm. Like, but you have to do it. Otherwise, Willow's going to die. So you have to put yourself out there. I'm sure that sucked. Yeah. It's this episode for me, I always like the emotional resonance is certainly there, but the episode always leaves me kind of wanting in the, I guess, the substance part of it. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not one that usually comes to mind as one of the all-time greats. The emotional gravity is, is certainly there. Losing that relationship is, is certainly impactful. But I don't know. It just doesn't have a lot of big... Other than Oz yelling, like that always sticks out in my mind. That's probably the only moment of this whole episode that I always remember like out of context from the whole... If I'm just thinking about season four, like, oh yeah, that one time Oz yelled. I didn't have a choice. But you did. You could have told somebody. Your, your solution... Put you two together in a room all night? Girl's got a point. Leave. I'm just saying. Now! Um, but that's more like the emotional weight of the whole thing. Um, I, th- I think it's a good point that they don't have a dumb monster, right? Like there's no B-plot that's completely irrelevant that r- sucks out all that emotional weight since that is the majority of the episode. And apparently that was... This was one of the first times they've ever done that, if not the first time, when yeah. Marty and Josh were talking about it during the commentary. They said that usually they have a good episode or a good idea for an episode that happens between the characters that aren't Buffy, like in this instance, obviously Willow and Oz. Um, but then they're like, shit, how do we relate this to Buffy? How do we make Buffy relevant in this mm-hmm. episode? And in this one, they, in particular, they decided we don't have to, actually. Let's not. I know. That's, and, and that's great. That's that what makes a, it a better episode. A great, great choice. Um, so... There's, the only thing I really want to talk about this episode is the the main, the main thing, Willow and Oz. So I think we'll just kind of go through maybe a little more a little more structure than than normal, where we'll just kind of beat by beat through the episode because it's the easiest way to talk about it. Because uh, obviously it unfolds over forty five minutes, so yeah. there's uh, a good way. So so Daniel, why don't you? Uh, yeah, I broke it down. Anatomy of the the show. I have eight scenes uh, that sort of bleed into the rest of the show that I thought were great. So. If yeah, you let's think they're great. Yeah. So the first scene, one of the cutest scenes that Buffy probably will ever have, is in Oz's bed when they're laying in bed, and this was after the show, I guess. And she's like dreaming or whatever, and he's like waking her up. And it's a dream. Come back to me. Mm. 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 Oh, Gemini's to the raspberry hats. Now you're faking. You're not. Just a little. 
it instantly made me think of seeing red because it's the similar kind of treatment in that the majority of willow oz we get probably in the whole series is in this episode and it's the one that he leaves just like seeing red the majority of willow and tara that we get in an episode Mm -hmm. is in seeing red and then she dies like it's obviously an intentional choice so that it hurts more in the end yeah but cool cool jabs the whole time i was (laughs) retroactively mad at it the second scene awkward lunch awkward lunch yeah so how do you feel about awkward lunch what the hell happened (laughs) why did why did oz invite why did Oz sit down with veruca and why did he like let willow say like where they were supposed to meet one another right yeah so this is right off the heels of the scene where maggie walsh is has decided that bandana buffy with the the Mm -hmm. oh yeah she's now a, she's now a star star um student right yes she got an a on a paper and now she can lead a discussion group which nevertheless because otherwise she was like what do i do i need instructions i feel like and then maggie was like okay bye which also is like insane to me no i mean i don't know i really don't know what's going on there well buffy got an a she's leading a discussion group but she needs to talk to maggie walsh who's not going to give her information but the plan is to meet up at the coffee shop coffee place but just really in an outdoor patio somewhere. Yeah, that's campus. fine. They probably meet there all the time. That's where we met in Beer Bad. So it's yes. like, that's a fine spot. I just, it's questionable why Oz would sit down with Veruca. She invited him. And he couldn't say no. Veruca invited he, Oz. No, no, look, he's walking by because he's I know, I know. for Buffy. So, so just walk on. Just walk on. Walk on. I don't know what the hell's going on. Hey, Doug. Walk on. Okay, uh, you know that thing where you bail in the middle of an upsetting conversation? I have to do that. It's kind of dramatic, I know, but sometimes it's a necessary guy thing. Don't sit down with Veruca. Walk on. I know, but he can't. Why? Because he's into her and he wants to be there. He's having a lot of conflicting feelings. He's into this girl. Whether or not it's werewolf mojo or not, I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. He's wolf into her, but he's also lady into her. So he can't help himself. He's like, all right, I'll, I'll sit with you. At least I think so. Well, I guess we should answer that. I don't think it's anything. I don't think he's... I mean, if he's attracted to her, that's fine. Willow said, I'm not, I don't want to be your boss. I don't want to like be mad just because he's looking at another woman. I don't think that he's not attracted, but I don't think... That that's what's going on here. I think it's all demon, werewolf, that kind so? of thing. Yeah, whatever the rules of the werewolf stuff are. Yeah. I think that's what's pushed Oz to the breaking point and realize things about himself. I don't think it's that he wanted to be with Veruca. At least I think so. Do you think I don't know. that he... How would you give up Willow? Like, I mean, I think it's just the opposite of that. You think it's all he wants to be with her as a person and no i mean i think he's clearly drawn to her probably as a person because they've got music stuff in common and then also like some sort of animalistic wolf thing but i don't think it's that he's like it's against his will or he can't deal with the impulse of sitting next to her i think it's like we haven't done anything wrong she's just a friend there's no reason i can't sit here if i don't sit here then i'm admitting there's something wrong here like i feel like that's the moment that's happening like that's fine your girlfriend can sit here like acknowledging i know you're in a relationship and he's like okay well i mean she's gonna be here and so i'm not doing anything wrong because i'm meeting my girlfriend and right so this is like a mini test for him like oh no this is I, i can we're just you're just a person it's fine this doesn't mean anything yeah yeah 
And then, well, then he, but then he bounces <laughs> on her, and he's like, "Well, yeah, and then gotta I go. think he realizes like, it's a really awkward, awkward moment." Well, I'd be like, "Willow, hey, thanks for coming. Bye, Veruca. We gotta go." Nope. See you later, both of you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> that was a tough. That was a tough call. Mm-hmm. And it must be like an internal conflict thing in that moment. Do you think maybe that like he realized like this is weird? More so than maybe I want to acknowledge that maybe I do like her, and that's why it's so weird for him. And he needs to just completely leave instead of doing a rational thing and taking Willow with him. Although they were supposed to meet Buffy, I guess that's a fair point, right? Yeah, but I mean, they were gonna meet like Buffy was gonna meet them. Like they they were already meeting Willow, or Willow and Oz were meeting. Buffy was Buffy was invited, right, to get the cookies and whatever all that shit, right. So. Yeah, so like so if, Buffy would have just found them. Like she did. She walked up and she would have sat down, but it would have been Willow and Oz sitting there, not fucking Veruca. Yeah. And if and if Oz had to go, then Oz would leave and Willow would be sitting there alone waiting for Buffy. Like a normal thing that doesn't involve Veruca in any way. I guess the onus would be on Veruca, I feel like, in this situation to leave. But well, she, she was, was there first. There first. <laughs> she does not have to leave. It's Oz for sitting down. And I don't want to be the kind of girl who freaks every time my boyfriend notices somebody else. I mean... I have wrong feelings about other guys sometimes, but I, I feel guilty. I flog and punish. Exactly. I'm sure Oz is flogging and punishing himself. This is sounding wrong before I even finish. The Elvis quote. I mean, all the Elvis stuff was bad. She's trying her best. She's trying her best. And they're so mean to her. Like, they're so fucking mean. No, I mean... I think Veruca is obviously being a little bit... Even us. She, but she doesn't even say anything directly to Willow. I know. She treats her like she's not there. That's not true. Veruca like, says something to Willow. Well, she, when she gets up to leave, she says, good shirt. No, before that, she mm-hmm. said, like, oh, you like Elvis you like or something. Elvis. Like that. Oh, yeah, that was super condescending. I mean, okay, yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Also, it's just nonsense. Everything they said was nonsense, fake. None of those things oh, exist. Sure. Amazing. 50 or 120. What are you talking about? The amps. The amps I know. The wattage and stuff. But yeah. like, that's, you're, you have a residency at a place. Like, you're not living, you're not Why 120 you watt amps. From the band that was, sounded like they played with plump Polish sausages taped to their fingers. Exactly. According to, uh, oh. <laughs> fucking Eddie, whatever his name was. Oh my, oh my God. God. And then, but the, but the scene after that, the part with when Buffy shows up was nice. Like her being like, I don't want to be this person mm-hmm. was nice. And we get that later, you know, with like, I want to go and talk to Xander. I want to like get all my friends involved to try to figure out what's wrong. Mm-hmm. But then that letter to the dungeon. But scene three was Veruca and Oz having sex and doing the laundry <laughs> combo. So the Veruca and them having sex part is crazy because later we get them in the science lab fighting one another. They fought in front of monster bitch face of death. And they were fighting at that moment, right? They had just seen each other for the first time. They were fighting. Well, they were fighting. Exactly. They were fighting at the end, too. This led to them fucking. Why wouldn't it lead to fucking in the science lab? The only thing I can think is that, like, Oz had a little bit of presence of mind to begin with. Because they were fighting before they even turned. So I know. I, well, you hope that the presence of mind stays for a while. But yeah. wouldn't it be awkward if, if they, they started, started having sex? <laughs> In the science lab. Oh, no. And you just cut to Willow's face, horrified, like, ah, but incapable of moving. And then what? Buffy comes in and tranks them both? I mean, that's just a better end for Veruca. Just apart. I mean, I, exactly. <laughs> Veruca gets to live. Oh, what would they do? Put her in a council prison somewhere Well, I mean, apparently Jesus. they did debate whether or not they should kill her in the episode. And I'm glad they did. It's a weird loose end. 
Not that we don't do that sometimes in the show, faith. but yeah. So, I mean, Veruca is basically like a little mini faith too. She's got all of those, like, we're so powerful. We are better than everyone else. I oh, mean, yeah, it's pretty 100%. much beat for beat. I mean, Willow even said that as much in the last episode. Oh, really? oh yeah, 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 that's right. With the faith knock. Mm-hmm. I just, faith sucks and Veruca sucks. I don't know how we all I feel like about Veruca. Veruca. I think, I think Veruca's, Veruca's trash. fine. Uh, the take of. Wait, you you're know. saying you like Faith and Veruca? I mean, how do you feel about Veruca? Uh, it's like whatever. I mean, if it feels over the top, and I feel like they tried to present her as like a foil to Oz because he's yeah. the domesticated one. Right. That's what Although I, mean. I think he would have put himself in a cage regardless of whether he was dating Willow. I don't think that was Willow's influence. God, somebody has domesticated the hell out of you. It's my choice. I don't want to hurt anybody. Maybe. But the fact that she's just like, I like killing people. Three nights a month is just, like, bizarre and kind of untouched on when Oz is like, I don't want to kill people. I don't want to do that. And she's just like, well. <laughs> and that's like, basically where faith goes. It's like yeah. you kind of just have a faith before having to go through a whole storyline. You just kind of get a distillation of faith. Yeah, I guess. As she, good and bad. Good girl, bad girl. But, I mean, she's also kind murderer. of bad. I am a little confused if she's been on campus for a while. She's been killing people three nights a month. How no come Buffy hasn't heard about it? Yeah. So does that, do we, well, I guess Ma- uh, Maggie Walsh didn't, didn't know about yeah, that. Yeah, so that's so the whole like, thing. That was really upsetting. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, yeah, knowing who she is. is she does not seem she's... like she is someone who could have, like, started and be in charge of the initiative because she doesn't even know werewolves exist. All right, so a couple of things. That that was happening. Is the initiative a brand new paramilitary paramilitary organization? If so, okay, they maybe have not encountered werewolves. Wolves. Wolves. Werewolves. Uh, Okay, okay. Let's suspend disbelief and say that they never encountered them, even though their entire purpose is to investigate paranormal stuff. Fine, 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 fine. fine. She is still the leader of this organization. Right. And it, her first reaction is to scream and run away. Yeah. I, I understand screaming and running away because you're, you're scared and you're, you're not prepared. She also had a real crazy leap, too. So she's definitely, <laughs> she's definitely in that paramilitary. She's the leader of a paramilitary organization. She has no weapons. Right. She is not calling for backup. She's just screaming and running away. Because, like, again, she doesn't feel like she can fight them. But you, you, you dip into the coat and you say, red team, red team, red team. Hostels, hostels, hostels in quadrant, whatever, right? Like, does she have that later on? Is that canon? No, though? but everyone else does. Yeah, I but feel maybe like... she doesn't. That's but what I mean. She... Why? <laughs> okay, but the, the the problem is, regardless of whether she knows werewolves exist, she knows monsters exist yes. on campus because yes. her initiative soldiers are hunting monsters on campus, and in yes. fact, just captured Spike. On campus. And she's like, I'm just going to leave in the middle of the night in darkness with no initiative dudes, no weapons, and no way to protect myself on a dangerous campus filled with monsters. Like, she couldn't have known it would be werewolves, but, like, that's really um, just so negligent for someone who knows real danger exists. The only possible explain away would be like, well, she's so deep undercover that that's how Maggie Walsh would react, but as we know her as the professor, but not as the commander. But that doesn't hold water either because there's literal guys dressed in fucking paintball gear running around the campus. But so clearly her, we're not concerned about that. But isn't her point also that she's kind of a crazy bitch monster of death? Like she, because even when Buffy walked up to her, the first thing Maggie Walsh did was like, "Ooh, watch out! You gotta, you can't yeah. leave at night." She's like yeah. hysterical for like no reason. It's like, "All right, calm down." See, that could be like, like that. You're going I wild. To, like the cover thing. Like, That's what. I, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. But like, she also acted like that for real. Like, if she had calm, cool, right. collected during the interaction, do, do right. the leap without like screaming or whatever. Yes. 
and then come in and be like, oh my God, it's scary out right. there. That like, would make cool. sense for the cover moment. Makes Not sense. in the actual moment where theoretically no one else was around. Right. What were we talking Wild about? Wild Willow. <laughs> we're talking about laundry. Yes, and then the And laundry. the infuriating laundry scene wherein Oz has to put on a shirt 12 sizes too big for him, but somehow conveniently Veruca finds a lingerie set of black lace that fits her perfectly. <laughs> yeah, because clearly they were straight up naked, right? They Straight up. And they were naked the other time, too. So they both walked completely naked back into... Through campus. Through campus to this Into this a, a laundry room where they might have had to wait for students to leave because this is clearly people's laundry. <laughs> and that's a lot of laundry left. I mean, without yes. having one person in there, like, to do at least one thing on one set of the laundry. And I'm disappointed that Oz went with like the baggy maroon cargo pants when there's straight up 90s, six different color denim jeans laying up just for the taking. So he rocks those maroon pants for quite a while, too. And then, yeah, and then she draws with her feet. They draws with her feet. They made I like a point that, in the commentary. That like, that's that how you know nice... she's evil. Just kidding. Now I'm confused. Yeah. No, I, it was <laughs> it was all very bad and it was all very faithy. And, yeah. And also, I, you know, I like Oz just standing up and saying no. And just being consistent with his nose. Even though he kind of gets what she's saying, it was the same thing with Buffy. It's like you understand it on some level, but it's not true. It doesn't have to be true. Uh, one of the best things about the show is the characters and how, not that other things in media don't do this, but that everyone has a, enough nuance that even the bad guys are interesting, mm-hmm. right? Like um, Joss mentioned in the commentary of this, and I'm sure in other places where like no one thinks they're the bad guy. Again, not an original idea, but like it's right. a fun perspective of Veruca doesn't think she's doing anything wrong. Like, she's justifying all her actions in her head. Like, she's not the villain of the story. She's the liberator. She's going to break Oz free. She's going to... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure part of it's personally motivated because she wants him around, wants to, you know, yeah, go do fun, sexy werewolf stuff together. But it's also like, you, this is, we're, we're, we're just better. Yeah, to go back to Faith, we just are. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like Veruca as much as Faith, for sure. She is much more of a murderer. And we don't get enough time <laughs> Much more of a murderer. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. I think her body count has to be bigger, right? Like, I mean, but if she's not murdering them as people, Veruca. Yeah, I guess she gets more a little more of a pass, right? She does get more of a pass. <laughs> I do. I think one of the reasons why it, Veruca is a struggle is because she's kind of this distant figure where she's like super sexy on stage or whatever, and she has these brief interactions with Oz, or it's like on some level they're like acquaintances, and then she goes from. Basically being acquaintances to like, we're meant to be almost like it's very intense, very immediately. Like I have to liberate you. I feel like if she was truly just like, I do what I want to do because I'm a werewolf and werewolves just like live their best lives that she would be like, you want to be a domesticated dog? Fine. Yeah. See you later. Like I could make any werewolf I want. I don't need to waste my time on you. That's why it's the, it being so condensed, the, like the story being so rushed is good on the impact of it being so sudden and it feels like raw and it hurts more, I guess. But it, this is one of the moments where it's uh, negative for sure. Because yeah, why, why would she push, be pushing so hard so fast? She immediately is like, got to kill the girlfriend. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what? <laughs> scene four, another great scene is the second bedroom scene where Willow mm-hmm. confronts him after. And this is the moment for us to tell all. And he tells nothing. He doesn't say anything. Oh, when she's in leather pants? Yeah, when she comes in. And he's got the scratches on the back. Yeah, and she's like, you can make me block out whatever. the." Yeah. Yeah. Let's do sex. Let's do sex. (laughs) Uh, And he's like, no. Um, 
Because of scratches. I, I'm tired. I'm real tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, instead of telling anybody, and then he ref- he also does not tell Buffy later, mm-hmm. Oz is going the opposite way, trying to tell everybody, trying to get anyone on board to find out what's going on with Oz. So I found that really startling. Uh, not only in this, like this scene, he seems a little panicked and, and uneasy, like uh, like he's clearly lying and he's uncomfortable with it. But with the scene with Buffy where she's like, you know, there's two... Uh, one of the professors got tied by two wild dogs and he's like two really and the way that he plays that so straight it's like that's like oh that's a little bit of insight into Oz like dude you lie really well and really easily when you want to so that was a little fucking well that's Buffy's line you know look Buffy you should know that Oz that might be a good time for your trademark stoicism don't talk anymore but i was just a little startled like i think that's totally out of character for him to be almost Mm. like that sociopath level of like you can lie without feeling not that it is that but it was just that was a little little interesting moment we know at the end that he definitely felt and he probably felt it in those moments too but like yeah to be able to do it to just have a cadence and a a way of like carrying yourself it lends yourself to those situations Mm -hmm. like nobody's expecting you to be wild or make a crazy scene they're just expecting you to be pithy Mm-hmm. But be there, right? So, like, yeah, Buffy probably saw through it, I guess, on some level, right? Yeah. So, yeah, instead of uh, Oz shutting down completely, we had Willow, who went to go see her friend Xander down in the basement. Where he offers up some really good advice. He Willow says, I don't want him to feel uh, like I'm jealous or to get worried. And he's like, but you are feeling weird. Like, you should just talk to him. Say the girl's been noticing. Well, I've deciphered your ingenious code. Okay. Say I've been noticing Oz notice someone else. A woman. And is this chick noticing back? Most definitely. Well, have you asked Oz about it? Well, I I thought about it, but then he'll think I'm all jealous and worried. But you are, and odds are he feels it. I'll bet that's all there is to the weird you're feeling. You guys should talk things out, Will. You both feel better. And that's, like... Communication is important in relationships is one of those things that you should be like, yeah, yeah, everyone says that. It's like, turns out it actually really is. And if Willow would have maybe said something to Oz, maybe the, he would have admitted like what happened. Maybe they could have had a conversation about it, but she didn't say anything to him. That's a good I mean, point. He, have, she didn't but. say anything either. Yeah, I guess they were both silent with one another. I was going to say this for yelling, but I need to know now before I forget. I Oh, a perspective from the Y side of things. Mm. I think we're in Guysville here. Oh, Jesus. Daniel. What exactly does Xander mean when he says, unless it's during the seven annual minutes where a guy's legitimately too preoccupied to do it? S. I think that's a riff on his, like, every minute you think about sex or whatever. So you have seven minutes a day where you don't think about sex. He said seven annual minutes. So maybe you think about sex all the time. You have seven minutes total per year where you're too preoccupied. Where you get things done. Okay. That's all I could think <laughs> was what that meant. But otherwise. It's just sex all the time per Xander. I just. That's the only way that I could read that and like keep going with life. I've watched this show for a long time. I've watched it multiple, multiple times every episode. And that line has haunted me <laughs> the whole time that I've been watching this show because I never understood and you've offered no clarity actually so. yeah well i don't think there is clarity i think it's just uh i think it's just a thing that xander says 
It's one of those because he's a teenage boy obsessed with sex. I think that's his like character. So we have to say things that yeah, align like, with his character. Like Sage and I were talking, and this is the thoughts that I've had too, which is like, does he mean when you're taking a shit? Well, no, people shit more than seven <laughs> minutes in the whole year. Does he mean when he's masturbating? No, he definitely masturbates more than seven minutes in a year. Like, what is he talking about? That's the only thing. That's what I thought. It's the only thing it could be. I can't think of a single other thing it could be, except for. I have seven minutes in a year where I need to get things done. Where I don't think about sex so I can be productive. That's all I can think. Okay. All so right. this was the one one of those minutes for Sander. Or for, uh, for what's his face. If for anyone us. on the internet that is listening right now knows what the fuck that line is about, please add us. Beat me, pod. Thank you. Moving on. Moving on. The dungeons. This is the first time we've seen Oz's dungeon, right? And look at his handiwork. Oz the Wilder, Oz the Lion. Where is this? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. So it's it's walkable because uh, motherfucking Willow bringing down some some bagels and some coffee. And it's in Sunnydale where everything is walkable. Well, true, exactly. Mm-hmm. She probably ran home to grab some stuff and ran back mm-hmm. in two seconds. Yeah, I found it crazy. What a cool little crypt area, but makes no sense. How how does no one else know about this? How can he just create this for himself? He must howl at the moon, right? And like no one cares. Well, I'm assuming it's in a crypt, like, like a mausoleum. Possibly, oh, so maybe it's like in a cemetery, a possibly, yeah, too. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. the only thing I can think. I mean, that definitely, I'm sure that is a set they'll use later for Spike. Yeah. I will say that the only moment that I liked Veruca in the entire entire run of this show um, was in that moment where they're talking right as they're about to turn. And she she says something like, um, I've wanted you since I sensed you. Did you want me? Like, just that. And the music is swelling. And then he's just like, get in here. You even before I ever saw you, I sensed you. Did you sense me? Here. Did you? Like it was really good. Oh yeah. Like I disagree with like doing it and blah blah blah. But like, wow, girls desperate. Like so, there's more to this story. Like you could have really fleshed out a creepy stalker, like really oh, wanting cool. to be with him, that type of thing. I think that's kind of like what they wanted you to think and have, right? Mm-hmm. That was a logical conclusion of her being like, you were meant for me. I'm going to kill Willow. Like to almost like be in every shot of the show. Like we, maybe we don't do this until like episode 16, but she's in every single episode, right? She has a residency at the bronze, but maybe she's like in the background oh, yeah, of all that'd these be things. Really cool. Obviously I, they probably weren't even thinking like that, but like, I think it's that that's the vibe I got. So when she says something like that, I was like, Oh, that's pretty good. And then like it, obviously something triggered in Oz too, or it's just like, I have to. And obviously they're both turning and all that kind of blood boiling stuff. But yeah. Yeah, that was great. great. It was great. That was maybe my favorite thing with Veruca in it. Immediately after that cool, like kind of steamy moment, uh, they do the werewolf gentle hand holding into sex, which is (laughs) one of the most appalling things that's ever happened in the show. I just... I, why they thought that was a good idea, what they thought they added to that <laughs> shot. If any, it was just a net negative. Shouldn't have they been there. They just gently. Yeah, like, oh, that, that werewolf's just, apparently it's tender Sarah McLaughlin love that they're having. So, oh, yes. That's, Jesus uh, Christ. That's, <laughs> well good done. Good to know, I guess. Uh, Oz or Willow coming down in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was great scene see Holy I would argue that shit. is the best Veruca moment is when Willow's like this doesn't like this doesn't compare whatever she's like girl's got a point 
Yeah. True. Oh, that's a like, Your solution was to, uh, to, to put, you, <laughs> put you in a room together overnight when you could have told someone, and he's like, girl's got a point. And I was just like, and, that's the best that's Ruga moment. Like, yeah. Yells. Woo, woo. The yelling was great. And then his, his desperation when he brings up the Xander thing, like Willow, uh, that's probably one of the, that's the second most gutting moment for Willow, where she's just like, I cannot believe that you would bring that up. Like, mm-hmm. that was dead it and buried. You can't just go searching for shit. To make yourself be better in this That moment. was another like, feel like better. I know. You're not I know, I know. the greatest dude. But I mean, that's just anybody, man. Everybody yeah. in their and they're spiraling out. You're sure. gonna do anything to try to like not have this to justify happen anymore. some of this. Right. But that was low. Mm-hmm. That was low. And I and I like to think, hopefully, with Oz that that's a contributing factor of him leaving. Just like, why am I going so low? Why do I feel like that is something I could have said? Like, mm-hmm. you gotta own your shit, I guess. But he didn't. And it's like, oh, shit, I'm clearly not the person that I want to be. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that we never see him raise his voice. The most violent thing he's ever done on the show, with the exception of being a werewolf and trying to kill people, uh, is in when Willow gets captured in season three. I think it's either enemies or consequences. I can't ever fucking remember. Anyway, they're doing the spell to um, melt the box of Gavrock or whatever to make it disappear. Uh, it's just him and Xander in the library. And then they, the other rest of the Scoobies come in and they're like, you know, we don't have time to save Willow. And then he just grabs the thing and throws it across the room. Yes. But he doesn't say a word. He just yes. like, fuck you, I'll do anything to save Willow. So to hear him actually yell, especially when he's like shirtless and it's like the most buff Seth Green's ever been in his life. And he's just like, ah, I'm angry. But it's the opposite of that scene because that's trying to get Willow. And this is like, I mean, I guess you're trying to save Will- save yourself. Yeah. To be with Willow, right? Like, oh, those two scenes are, yeah, those are the two. Mm-hmm. Those are the two best ones. And they're gone. It's gone. It's all gone. Scene six, Suicidal Willow. Oh, yeah. So this reminds me of Fleabag. Boo walking into the street. She just wanted to um, get... Oh, that's the season one. You just want to get by Yeah, right. where she gets run over by the car and mm-hmm. dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn a lot in this scene, I want to say. Not only whatever the fuck is going on with Willow, but that car... That car flew down that street. It was going so fast, but also it took forever for the car to get to her. Just going to say it. So what, what's going on with... She's like... She's catatonic. I mean, clearly she's upset. She doesn't know what to do. Thank God everyone in that we know and love is at the espresso pump at the same time, walking down uh, Maple Court. So that was really convenient. Riley was there to save the day. I mean, really, that was... To literally save Willow's life. You're goddamn right. We'll get to that in the rankings. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. Giles, I've never seen her like this. It's like it hurts too much to form words. You've... uh felt that way yourself and uh, you got through it yeah i ran away and went to hell and then got through it i'm kind of hoping she doesn't use me as a model fair enough i just don't know how they're gonna deal with this we've never seen the shot of where willow's walking by um where it's like you got like all of the crazy there's like graffiti and there's like an antique store like all this stuff going on that we've never seen before Hmm. um but anyways, yeah, she walks out and she almost dies. This yes. car, no one, literally none of the actors react. The, all the extras don't react as if they were told, don't do anything. Just keep talking. Oh, I guess I didn't notice. Keep, yeah, watch them <laughs> next time you watch it. No one reacts. In fact, they like look. Like, like a woman's they, about they, to be killed. No, right? like they have been inconvenienced by these people. Like they're not supposed Rushing to be to there. Her life. Buffy, Riley, and, and um, Willow are not supposed to be there. Like what's going on here? <laughs> It's terrible. Anyways, I'm very sad. And I really thought she was going to like kill herself when, when Buffy was like leaving her room and she was just like, yes, I'm fine. Yes, I'm fine. I'm like, 
no, she's not fine. Like Buffy kept having to go back and be like, are you sure you're okay? Do you want some chocolate? Are you sure? I love you. Don't die. So don't we'll do kill this yourself. Almost exact same thing in season five. Once uh, Tara has her memory stolen or her mind like destroyed by glory. Buffy is like, are you okay? Are you going to be okay? You're not going to do anything crazy, right? And Willow's like, no, I'll be fine. And then goes to try to kill Glory and almost kills herself. So, like, Willow clearly has a way she deals with things, which is get so depressed you might kill yourself and then try to end the world. Uh, Hurt someone deeply or kill everyone. So At least they're consistent. (laughs) This is the first glimpse we get of that, like, obviously, in in the, the next couple of scenes where she actually tries to hurt Oz, but it's like... Buffy. That's the next thing. I think Buffy does everything anybody could. Like she che- she asked her, like, "Are you okay? Can I do anything?" Mm-hmm. So at some point, you got to take her at her word because Buffy's got to go do some shit now. Like I got to go catch Veruca now. I, I, I want to stay and help him. We could talk about this later, but I got to go. So I like. I feel like she could have called Xander. What was he doing sitting in the basement? Amen. That's a good point. Amen. Get a babysitter for her. Like obviously she's the Slayer and she has to go deal with this werewolf problem, but. Yeah. Willow doesn't have to be alone. Yeah, Xander would have been a good babysitter. Yeah, or Xander would have brought over some stuff, some cute little, you know, crayons or whatever brings her back right, from right, the, the, the crayon, yeah, You know, let's bring that crayon now. Let's chop the crayon for later. <laughs> 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 I think you should always do that, friend. Shop the items that you know will be sentimental enough to bring them back from the brink of yes. destroying the world. So. Yep. Should have done more. Have. Uh, two more scenes. Scene number seven, uh, the spell and Veruca's uh, demise. Um, I loved when she started getting the spell going and the flasks raised up or whatever. And then she decided not to do it and they fell. Oh, amazing. That was so good. Because she loves him. I know. I know. That was really good. She's just sad. That was really good. Yeah. But. And then figure out so quickly that Veruca was running after Willow. That was wild. I didn't expect a how they find her bullshit. They. Would have thought she was in her dorm, right? Yes. How could she be in this random lab? Oh, Veruca sure. would never would have found her. Oz Although changed maybe his smelling. sniffer. I know that's good. from Veruca to Willow. <laughs> that's what he did because he's done it from a car okay. miles away. <laughs> right. So he can smell the sunset. I understand. But during that scene when they're they're hunting for Veruca and then hunting for Willow, um, Oz outruns Buffy. I know. I saw so that, too. <laughs> that is something. And Buffy with a gun is just like. <laughs> incredibly weird it is weird yeah. running into the initiative guy and not saying anything station was like why there was, should have been a little bit of line of like what just who like, what? are you what? she like runs away oh i know there just needed to be an acknowledgement of like i know this is weird but i can't deal with this right now and that person went for her the gun like yeah, that was a her, lot her, going on gun, yeah. in mm-hmm. that moment i would have tranked him and been like i'll come back for this later <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> that's really, a good idea they didn't want any le- levity i know in the and that's fine i get it but like i think one little something i mean it was if you don't want to add a little bit of levity you shouldn't have had that scene it was bizarre otherwise because yeah. you're like what's happening this is really weird and she just like punches them and runs away yeah and because like, i think we did enough to set up the initiative not only in this episode with spike literally getting fucking which captured, was great that was good um, but mean, in the previous episodes like we we didn't need that scene you're right yeah. But it just uh, speaks to the intrusion. They're getting closer. And that they're out there while she's out there. I think maybe that's the thing, too. I it's think it like, was apparently. Are we doing the same thing? I mean, that's what Buffy says. Like, he said, she says, the guy got in my way. Did, yeah. Like, that was the big problem. She didn't care that he was out there being a commando. She was just pissed that he knocked her over. Yeah, mm-hmm. And essentially possibly prevented her from saving Willow. Yeah, which so, would have sucked. During the commentary, they, I, and I noticed this, there's a lot of weird transition shots. 
establishing shots in this episode that were really, really apparent. Like the screen would go black for a second. We would show like half a second of the exterior and then show the inside and then half a second. It just did it multiple times. And they made a joke while they were talking about the commentary, like, yeah, we needed to stretch stretch out the because it wasn't long enough. Oh. So they added these things. I'm like, this is probably one that could have got cut. And we just maybe left it in there because we needed that 43 and a half minutes or whatever the fuck it was. Right. Anyway. Bizarre. Final scene is the goodbye scene. Oz, do you love me? Yes. Very, very sad. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Allison Hannigan, I still don't know how you did it. And yeah. Oz just being stoic, it's probably easy for an actor. I mean, if you know it's fake then being stoic is easy because you aren't tempted to cry. So you're fine. But to just turn on the waterworks, Jesus Christ, and just do that consistently. What? I don't even know. It's amazing. It's so amazing. Willow goes to his place and finds him packing his stuff. Do you think that he was just going to leave without even saying goodbye to her? Mm. I think so. You think he would have just left without saying goodbye to her? Yeah, to maybe he would have left her a note. Do you think he would have just left? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it's a weird moment. It's hard to imagine he could just leave without telling her anything. But it also did seem like he literally got in his van and drove away. But, I mean, I guess if she came to his house, he would not need to get in his van and drive to the dorm first. So. Yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah, I guess it makes sense that he could have been going to say goodbye to her. Mm-hmm. Sure. But she just showed up and preempted, the like, made the conversation happen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I wonder... Why do you think Oz left? Do you think that there was another way to handle this situation where they could have made it okay? Do you think that... Okay, that's a lot of questions. Did Oz need to leave or could they have moved past this? As Just from their relationship point of view. Hmm. I think they could have. I think that Willow was in... Like when she was going, I think she wanted to talk. I don't think she was mad. Like, she's probably mad. I'm sure this is But now, like, suck. we're breaking up. But yeah, like, this was some crazy ass shit. Also, we clearly don't communicate. Veruca's we need gone? To... Uh, no, no, no. You murdered Veruca. <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it's just because one of those things, like, well, I guess I could stand or you murdered a uh, girl. Uh, it was for fair. I mean. Like, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know how you move on from it. I, you would talk it out. I feel like, I think the two of them would communicate that. It's It's weird. But I think they could move on from it. I think they could, too. I mean, because Veruca seemed like the immediate big issue, and she's gone regardless of how she ends up disappearing, dying, whatever. Like, she's not a problem for future relationship. And as far as Oz being like, I have to leave to deal with my wolf side, that doesn't make any sense. First of all, you didn't care until this moment. Second of all, you're in Sunnydale, which is, like, the center of all magical shit, it seems like. Yeah. Giles has a... Huge network. Historic, not just network, but book collection, yep. wherein you could read about werewolves. I don't know why you would just drive into nowhere thinking that's going to be better. Like, what? And you already have your crypt that held two werewolves fucking for a night. <laughs> like, You could still use that crypt next month, and Veruca's gone. Like, There's no reason for you to have to do this. Like, Willow's not yeah. less safe than she would have been a month ago. Yeah, or so two years ago. It's just really bizarre. I don't understand the immediate, like, I have to just well, he also said, and explicitly, I am only a werewolf three days a month. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, I'm a person. Well, what does that mean for your, you know, yourself going off to the Himalayas, right? Like, if unless you're going for your own self-growth, which sure, you're probably mentally stunted because you know you murdered this person. You know you did this to Willow. Like, that's, the, but people do that all the time. People don't <laughs> run off. They have, they deal with that personal stuff themselves, wherever they are. 
Like the werewolf stuff, sure. Maybe get to the bottom of it. Find out how to get the werewolf out of you. Like go down some crazy rabbit holes. You know, I'm sure Willow would love to fucking help. Yeah. To research every single thing about werewolves that ever existed in the world mm-hmm. and get this werewolf thing out of you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, but don't, leaving for that is, I mean, I think it's purely selfish. It's just wanting to go. You made me feel right at home. Well, isn't home that empty place you're trying to escape? And it is his choice, right? I mean, he even says that, like, Willow says, do I get to say? No. Yeah. I'm leaving. Like, kind of. So Marty Knoxon said about this episode and like the the wolf and the cheating and everything that in college or this time of your life or just the first real relationship you have where you're like, I'm fucking in love with this person tends to be at an age where you're also like, but I want my freedom. So like the wolf is an easy metaphor for that, right? Like mm-hmm. literally somebody that he has no control over it's like this thing happens to me and i just become this other thing so he has this freedom away from his life and away from willow and veruca is like uh, just a nice easy puzzle piece for that like oh i can also be away with this other person it's like i love willow very much and i don't want to hurt her but also there's this other entire part of me that i that exists and i don't know what to do about it now so i i understand why he would make the choice like not only on a relationship level where i'm Still, he's 19, right? 19 yeah. or 20, where it's like, I don't know how to fucking deal with this. I need to go. Like, I'm feeling too many feelings. I'm really confused and scared. The easiest thing I can think to do is just leave. I hurt you. And I, instead of taking responsibility for that, like I should, or trying to grow and move on together, I'm just going to do the easy thing. But then also you have the level of, I literally turn into a fucking killing machine. I would have killed you if Buffy wouldn't have come into that room. It's true. I am not safe to be around. And like, sure, that cage was there and he could have fixed or whatever. But I'm that would weigh on my mind too, where it's like, I could at any moment kill you. I, I could break out. Things could happen in the course of whatever. And I could kill you. That's a thing that, that I can't change. And I want that to not be a factor. But we'll have 27 days that we can make it awesome. Yeah. And then if I die in that time frame, at least we made it awesome instead of being which is why, alone and which away is from each other. Which is what I think he was probably living his life up to this point yeah. as. But they've had close calls before, though. I mean, True. the thing that I end up I end up struggling with is like, okay, I get that you want to protect Willow, fine. I think that's just a justification for your choice because if anything, it seems reckless and dangerous to leave because where are you going to keep yourself in a month from now? Do you have your secret little safe bunker? Like you're still going to turn. Where are you going to be? I is hope he, he literally... built the back of the van into a cage. Is what I'm I hoping. mean, like, <laughs> like, but what? And clearly he's doing a lot of traveling. Right. And so he's constantly moving places. And I can't imagine that he's in some super remote area every single time where he could wolf out and not have to worry about running across someone and killing them. Mm-hmm. So we don't understand that and that's my thought every single time i see the van drive away is where is where, where is safer than this like yeah. i mean willow was kind of right like sure um humanity is a planetary epidemic but also he's not going out into the yukon and living like a snow werewolf life like we know in the future he ends up going to the himalayas and he's like meditating and like mm-hmm. how did you get there though yeah. <laughs> like oh, i want to know that it really <laughs> it really did you kill people frust- on the way it really cause, frustrates like- me because i'm like it seems reckless and dangerous to leave before you know that you're going to a place where you could learn to control it. Like, it seems like he needs to be like, I need to do some research. I found about this place in the Himalayas that yeah. I could I could maybe meditate and they be a wolf when I want to be. <laughs> but, I mean, what they needed is for him to leave the show. And this is how they justified it. But yeah. I, I always found that really frustrating. Like, I don't understand yeah. that reasoning. You could, not- have even, you could have even had them break up in the moment. Like I, I mean, mean, he could have been like, I need space. Yeah. And just... 
broken up with her and well, dealt even with his Willow, life. even Willow. I think what you were saying before about like um, being nineteen, being a kid—that's exactly what Parker was doing. I mean, the whole Parker Willow conversation in Beer Bad almost has no point except to expose Parker. But it could actually have a point because Willow, even before he was like trying to hit on, he was trying to hit on her. He was saying stuff that she resonated with her. Like she was already feeling it because of the Veruca thing. People shouldn't have to preface casual sex with, just so you know, I'll never grow any older with you. (laughs) It takes the fire out of it. Maybe. So in a perfect world, you would have had that, those thoughts that Parker was saying, like, we're young. Why do we have to be chained to these things or whatever. Mm. You could have had Willow even express something like that too. Maybe she doesn't want to be with, with with Oz and say like, listen, maybe we shouldn't be together, but it does seem crazy to be like, I don't want this to end. And he's like, I got to go to wherever. Yeah. That's nowhere for an unspecified amount of time. Goodbye. But he comes back. Right. So he comes back in moon rising, but like for a second, Mm -hmm. just for a high. Well, he comes to get back with Willow. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I've mastered my wolf self and I don't change at the full moon and I love you and I've come back for you. Oh. And then he was like, wait a second. You smell like a lesbian now. <laughs> that is exactly what happens to a day. And then he wait. turns into a wolf and tries to kill Tara. <laughs> and then we get a cool line. Yeah, oh, yeah. We get the line of, turns out the only thing that brings out of me is you. And then he leaves. Yeah. Wow. They really just uh, <laughs> torpedoed a character. Love it. <laughs> I haven't seen you my whole life. And, and now you come back and just expect a relationship? <laughs> I hate you. What? Could I have a hug? Well, I guess that's kind of a way to see it. It's like maybe they were mad at him for maybe it's was it was there any animosity for no, leaving for No, apparently Elsa I mean Powers they were bummed that he was leaving, but like I mean I you think, can't fault the guy. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Apparently like, it was amicable. Joss said something to, akin to um we were all sad that Seth had to go, so we made Willow suffer for it. <laughs> cool. That sounds like a thing Joss Whedon would say. <laughs> does sound like a thing he would say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shit. That sucks. Yeah. But, I mean, I I, I get it. I, I think that even though it feels a little rushed, we may have benefited from one or two more episodes. They did tiny, do a little bit of seed planting in Fear Itself where they explicitly was like, you know, the wolf comes over me and it's like mm-hmm. they made a point to be like, maybe he's not okay with this. Maybe this is actually more fucked up than we've ever talked about. Mm-hmm. I, maybe we just have never really zeroed in on it before, which is kind of fair. Like he is just kind of in the background and kind of just a periphery character, even when he's around. Yeah. He's really not in I every mean, Even in trip. the Scooby gang, he's there definitely a tertiary character like Cordelia mm-hmm. was. Yeah, so I think you just have to buy it on face value that like this is something that he struggles with mm-hmm. and we just, never we just don't really yeah. know as willow goes so goes my nation that was a lot of discussion it was good. a heavy episode i think it really lent itself to analyzing it because this is one of the best relationships on the show it's one one of the only ones that doesn't end in like murder or hell or like it doesn't what do you mean? And in murder? Oh, well, yeah, shit. One, with one of the people <laughs> in the relationship being killed is what I meant. Sorry. But yeah, someone does get murdered. R.I.P. fucking Veruca. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously Buffy and How Angel. How quickly we forget. Buffy and Angel the first time around doesn't end well for Angel. He goes to hell. Uh, we get Spike. Spike and Buffy don't really ever get together, get together. But he does die. Uh, Tara dies, obviously. Anya dies, obviously. Like this one, he just gets to leave. So in the scheme of things. Oz gets off easy. What I'm saying. (laughs) At least Riley gets to just leave. Anyway. Yeah, he gets to leave and marry some commando woman and Sam. Oh my god. Babies. (laughs) Yes, I think it's time to to yell some stuff. I don't. I mean, 
We've talked a lot, but let's try to find the brighter side of our hearts being ripped out. Daniel, do you have anything to say? Uh, I love the intro and Spike getting tased. I was not expecting to see Spike at all. And it's very fun because he's going to be on more episodes, right? This season, oh, yeah, so. totally. Um, everyone was so mean to Giles at the bronze. Oh, my God. They didn't like he was like some weird demon with 12 heads because they were just like, what are you doing here? I mean, he still is old. Like, now I would be fine with a 50-year-old coming to hang out. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. When you're 20, it is, it's like, It is a little bro. weird. But then they were just kind of – because he's always been, like, a friend, mentor, person. He's not just, like, a teacher. Like, yeah. that would be creepy and weird to have just, like, a teacher roll up to your table and be like, let's hang out, guys. Yeah. But, like, he's Giles. He's clearly really spiraling, that? though. He's clearly spiraling. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, they're probably supportive. like, ooh, don't make this your identity. Right <laughs> yeah, here. If, yeah. If you're looking for your next thing, it's not this. It's, it's not this. It can't be this. Oh, you listen to the 90s music? No, no, no. Like, oh, oh, acoustic guitar. And then he will. And it'll be fine. Mm, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, it's ages since I've been to a gig. Well, don't look that way. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the new music. And I have the albums to prove it. Yes, but it's your cutting-edge eight tracks that keep you ahead of the scene. Don't scoff, gang. I've seen Giles' collection. He was an animal in his day. Thank you. Hey, why not? The stones can still keep rolling. Why can't Giles? Exactly. Do the dingoes know that Oz is a werewolf? We get a mention, Devin, from the grave. R.I.P. Uh, about the dingoes, and I can't help but wonder, because like, well, we're playing next Friday night. So there's got to be three nights a, a month that Oz can't be in the band. And while there could be like a litany of excuses you could use as to why you can't, oh, my mom's in town, uh, whatever. Like, I feel like even Devin, even Devin at some point has got to be like, dude, where do you go every month? Because yeah. like, I feel like every time around this time around the month, you like can't do gigs. What's up with that? So I wonder if they know. I feel like I wouldn't put it together. I don't Especially think I, I wouldn't think werewolf. I mean, it, well, but, yeah. no, but I also feel like it seems like they have gigs infrequently. Yeah, true. And so, like, the chances of him specifically trying to book a gig on a day he was going to be a wolf is maybe low to the point that Probably. you would be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to be out of town that day. But even, like, practice and stuff, I don't know. I think, uh, all right, maybe not. I mean, you could practice during the day. He's not a wolf. That's true. He's mm, not a wolf. Good point. He's only really at nighttime so yeah. he would just be playing okay again. I was just curious I like to imagine an alternate reality where Devin's like no I'm cool man I totally understand alternate lifestyle cool 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 it's all good <laughs> <She's> <laughs> off. not even like uh, days of the month you're just off on a lunar calendar I get it bro I get it <laughs> it's like you have to go see your mom during the full moon I get that's it that's yeah. fine that's what people do it makes sense <laughs> Uh, Giles watching TV loves his TV now I know uh, what ended the 30 years war the peace of Westphalia not Yalta Peace of Westphalia. Um, Yalta. Oh, you moron. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Dinette said she'd be mine. We go to Janet for a new category. Um, boo for Veruca hating on women that eat salads. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, that was really cool casual misogyny. Xander has his nasty Adidas shower slides in his fucking bed when, when Willie goes to talk to him. And I'm like, I get it. You're living the bum life. You're withholding rent. It's a whole thing. But, like, don't put your fucking nasty shoes on the bed. Yeah, on the God. bed. On the bed. Of yeah, they're like next to him on the bed. Wow. Like he's just snuggling up with his nasty shower slides. I like the withholding rent thing. That's very funny. Yes. Like, what, what, is that? what is What does it even is, mean? What is your life? Um, Did you guys see the city council poster? No. For, I'm, when yeah, you... for Frank Renero, or Reniero, who is running on the platform of no theater. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? Maybe he wants to 
Get rid of the Sunnydale Cinema? Get rid of the Sunnydale Cinema. Maybe there's like a push for a second screen. And he's like, no. No more theaters. Maybe it's like a globe theater, like a... For plays? Maybe he's anti-play? I don't know. I mean, sometimes people just hate the theater, I guess. It's so funny. I wonder if that's like just a joke that a thought it would be hilarious. California thing, something happened. Or maybe that's like a, a weird production assistant or something, Frank, whatever. Oh, yeah. And they're like, ah, remember that one time you were like, I hate plays. Or he's like the head of like all props and yeah. lighting and stuff or whatever people do with Pretty theaters. funny. Oh, there's stuff on the wall in Oz's room. There's like a bevy of ridiculous things. Most noticeably, a Chibomato poster four oh, times. I've got the one. anatomy of the whole bedroom. Okay, thank God. Thank God. Uh, if you want, we have a widespread panic poster. We have two different size posters for Greg Ginn. Nothing in particular. Who is Greg Ginn? He is the lead singer of Black Flag. Oh. Um, two of them in two different spots yep. because, of course, um, Chibomato, he's got that like four times mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. other side of the wall and another Chibomato right above his bed. A velvet chain. Uh, that's a band. Warm. I don't know. Uh, a drum next to his bed to hold his phone, a gumball machine, uh, the Chibamato uh, Viva LA woman poster, a huge guitar poster that is turned the wrong side, which now makes a lot of sense because Oz does not know how to play, sure. but it's it's all the charts, all the chords, but you have to have it, you have to be looking at it the right way, and he has flipped <laughs> it, he has flipped it on its side. Amazing. Uh, there's a ukulele at the foot of his bed, uh, there's a wooden sign for Whoopi John Wilforth and his one-man band. Mm-hmm. A large wooden cactus next to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's bongos behind his bed, a statuette of a dog. Um, and then later he's wearing a, a Slash t-shirt when he turns yeah. and has sex with Ver- Veruca. So there's a, he's wearing a Clash shirt in one scene, um, that sla- which I thought was Slash, but then it says T-Rex underneath that did. They look exactly oh, the same. Oh, exactly the same. Why? Exactly the same. And then I believe the red shirt at the beginning is a David Bowie shirt. Nice. Clutch on the T Rex. I never saw really it. Tell. Yeah, it's it's at the very bottom and it's in like red. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. We needed that update. Yeah, his yeah. his uh his room is ridiculous and so is the van, but like that's the only insight we really get into Oz other than this episode. We need it. And that's the only time we ever get any insight into mm-hmm. Oz, which is kind of a bummer. So yeah. Um, I guess the last thing I have to say is that I love Vengeful Willow. Mm. She's good at it, and she does it often. I think she's fun. Don't fucking break her heart. Yeah. She will try to kill you. And others. Don't I love break it. your heart. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have it. no fury like a witch scorned. Yes. It is true. How come you didn't tell me I look like a crazy birthday cake in this shirt? I thought that was the point. I think that's it. I think that uh, I have something important to share with you, and that's that we are real podcast. You can add us everywhere. Beat me pod, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. You can find us at our website, uh, wordpress.beatme, nope, beatme.wordpress, that's how it goes, beatmepod.wordpress.com. Is it beatmepod or beatme, mm-hmm. yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah. Beatmepod.wordpress.com. Or uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, fantastic, you don't have to, you can listen to us anywhere. Thank you for listening, period. But if you're on Spotify, you can go ahead and pop into a little playlist we created called beatme-funtime playlist for podcast fans, season four. And that's going to contain any music mentioned in the episode that we are talking to you right now, as well as any music featured in the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So THC will be on there for sure. Uh, Can't wait. You want to update me on some watches? Real, real simple. Xander Construction? No. Maroon Jacket? No. Yes. Incorrect. Buffy is wearing a maroon jacket. Was she? Yeah. When they're running through the forest and then she holds Willow. Right there. Right there. 
just doesn't have the allure that he used to have. <laughs> I, I just, like, don't the, care. Like, a specific one in your head, and every time it's not that one scene from the one episode. I think I also wasn't paying attention to Buffy. She just wasn't a person to me. Well, episode. I mean, she definitely was in the background. Maroon Jacket Watch, apparently Check. it's a yes. Yes, she was definitely wearing it. Force gay for Riley. So close. We're so close no, to that. Next episode. Next episode. Devin Watch, Future Trips Ahoy Watch. No, but we did get uh, Spike getting taken. Uh, and Devin has lost a bandmate. <laughs> yes, he has. And also, is R.I.P. His life. He's gone. Uh, the Hoffman Watch. No, but we are getting closer. Uh, closer. Very close. Getting into it. Uh, I forgot to do You Should Lock That Door. No, doesn't apply. Sandy Watch. No. Michael Wicca. Michael Amy Wicca Goth Watch, yes, for sure. She goes to the the Wicca meeting or whatever. Oh, right, she sits yeah, yeah. down and that's right. to do her Wicca notes. You're right. I know. Mm-hmm. Books a million, no, but there's a fuck ton of books. I think there's more books beyond the library scenes at Sunnydale High. There's more books in this episode. Wait, than Giles and stuff? Giles and Oz. Oh, okay. So many books. Gotcha. But we're, we don't have any to, to mention. No, I couldn't yeah. read almost any yeah. of them. I think that they were just like just uh, novels thriller and novels and stuff. Yeah, I think they're just fill-ins. Uh, books, books of, no. Uh, Streets Ahead? No, we already talked about mm-hmm. the crazy, um, whatever street that was. And uh, Giles' biggest KO was him not getting that dining set. So <laughs> That was a blow. It was a blow. <laughs> it was a blow. But once again, didn't leave his fucking place. You know, went to the bronze, didn't leave his house. I know, and then he was so happy when Buffy came to see him. It was and, so And sad. she's just like in the mode like, yeah. yes, sir, I'll do it right now. I'll get right back to you. Like, she knows that he's depressed. Yeah. I mean, he's already got kind of like a little five o'clock shadow thing. Like, they do a good job with him. So. He's unraveling. All right. Let's rank this. Okay. Willow hacks. We talk about the net slash something Wicca this way comes. Yes. Willow starts a spell. She does not complete it, but there's so much stuff. I only mm. gave it a six because she doesn't finish. She's not visions. Giles. So eager to help. That's definitely a Giles trait. I think it's brave that you're here. Oh, God. That is like one of the like most scathing lines ever. It's so brave that you're Or here. if the stones keep on rolling. Ooh, if the stones can keep rolling, why can't why Giles? Giles? Uh, but yeah, him trying to go to the bronze is really out of character and very un-Giles, so I only give him a six. Riley gave the boy a 10. Listen, he's not going to dunk a lot in wow. this show. He's This is going to be the one and only. He saved Willow's life. Oh, wow. I mean, I know that's it's being super generous considering how long that scene took to play out. Buffy was right there. Willow might not have died. You know, we can't tell how fast that car was going. But that car was going so fast and someone needed to call the police. <laughs> It's a small town, and like that car had no business. Not only because if it is the street we're thinking of, there's a bend, there's a horseshoe bend. He either came around that other bend so fast, or, or he's about to careen into a building, or he's about to careen yeah. into a building. Like <laughs> is in, so yeah, much he's going right into the theater. Like yep, wherever. Oh my god, it's insane. so the scene itself is cheesy and implausible, but Riley does save Willow's life, and I can almost guarantee you the guy will never get a ten again. So I had to let him have it. Monster of the Week, uh, I like, I love the werewolf makeup. I've always been a, a big fan of, of, and I think they really got it close to perfect now, and like we'll see it again. Her makeup was great, but, too. Yeah, I mean, it's a little ridiculous. Like, it's a lady, so her hair is long, but. I know, but I liked it. <laughs> but it was cool to see like a different color for And just like, a, it looked stuff. different. Yeah. You were never going to confuse the two, which right. was important. And the, and the fa- just the, the makeup work itself, the special effects is is fantastic. Uh, but, but Veruca as a bad guy, I mean. She didn't actually kill anybody in the episode. Um, we can't yeah, c- confirm if she's killed people before. We can assume as much, but she didn't. No, no kill count. 
Um, but she did lay waste to Willow and Oz's relationship. So that's pretty good. I gave it a seven. That's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> relationship goodness or badness. Uh, Buffy and Willow, I gave a neutral. Because, because again, maybe Buffy could have done more for Sad Willow, but she didn't really get the chance. But I don't really know. I thought friendship was high. I mean, well, Xander Willow's high for sure. I guess uh, the Giles decimation everyone, of their relationship is big fart yeah. sound. Giles and everyone, and then obviously Willow and Oz, heartbreaking chasm of despair. So three gets only a three, and then episode specific, Oz, don't you love me? Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten. Ah. Holy shit. Uh, so that's 42 for the episode, which puts it three of six for the series, right above Living Conditions and right below Fear Itself. I ranked this episode 21 out of 62. So it's below Innocence and Consequences and above Homecoming and Inca Mommy Grawl. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. Good job. Where is it in relation to... Uh, oh, yeah, Dark Age. Dark Age. It's above Dark Age. God, yeah, Dark Age. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It deserves to be above. Yeah, I struggle with this, too, because I, it, there's no way that this can be that low just based on how good Alice how and, impactful it is, and yeah. Seth Green are. They just killed it. And at least in my rankings before, I've like when Sarah Michelle Gellar has really carried an episode, it's very impressive. And they didn't really need to carry it because I think it was well done. It was well... Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't the best written show I've ever seen. But like... They really hit all the beats, and I really liked it. And I don't think it can be up in, you know, the top twenties or anything like that. But I'm gonna give them fifty-one. Fifty-one. Wow. Fifty-one. That's, high. that's uh, in the in the forty percentile. Yeah. The, the upper third. Mainly for just the two the of them. Third. Mainly yeah. for them, for Willow and us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. And I mean, it has long-standing consequences too. Like this matters in the scope of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's gonna have her and Tara get together, which inevitably causes her to try to end the world that's a big deal for her that like, wicca group that she mentioned is that the wicca group, that's where she meets her yeah. and that's where she meets her mm-hmm. that same like she kind of thinks it's a joke like she doesn't just, yeah. there's not multiple wicca groups that's the that's one. the one okay mm-hmm. yeah and that's amazing right there yeah. you just laid a foundation that maybe i mean they probably knew but like damn that's good yeah that's, that's really we'll see good in hush when we actually first see Sarah. so hush that's like episode 10 or it's coming up Twelve, i think maybe well no. we don't even meet tara till that 10 yeah. 10 is hush okay so initiative then pangs and something blue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, one thing I wanted to mention earlier that that line, "Honest, don't you love me?" That apparently Marie Noxon did not have that in the scene. Um, she thought it was too on the nose. Like it's obvious that she's heartbroken and like, "Why don't you love me?" Like, and Joss actually wrote the line in. He was like, "Sometimes people say exactly how they're feeling," and she said that was a huge moment for her writing career. That sometimes you, even though you think it's trite, sometimes things yeah. need, should be said. I like that. So, That's a nice anecdote. That was a nice little sentiment. That's such a nice anecdote to end yeah. with. Please join us next week because this episode is in the books. Goodbye, Wild at Heart. And hello, maybe next time, to the initiative. So get ready for that. Forces get for Riley. What's going to happen? We're so excited. Stacia, do you have anything else to say to yourself? Ow! Chances she began. Daniel? Hello. Damn you. Bye. <laughs> okay, jealous again. Jealous, jealous. Okay, I'm back in. This is probably the sweet. We have to find a little Pez werewolf so little Pez witch can have a boyfriend.
Well, don't you have some ambition? Oh, yeah. Yeah. E-flat diminished nine. Huh? Well, the E-flat, it's, it's doable. But it's that diminished nine, you know, it's a man's core. And you could lose a finger. How can you be so calm? Long, arduous hours of practice. That was kind of an anticlimax.